0: Welcome to Until It's Gone, a podcast where the conversation ends when the coffee runs out. This podcast is hosted by Cole Hammondtree and Nate Morris, two dudes from Grand Rapids, Michigan, who love coffee and love Jesus.
1: We hope and pray that this podcast will encourage you in your walk with the Lord. And thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. Now, join us over a cup of coffee as we chat until it's gone.
2: What if I drink every, just all the coffee in five minutes? Well, until everyone's coffee That's why, gone. I, what if I drink all the coffee in five minutes? Well, you're minutes? not getting mine, so... Oh, I'm going to be chasing you uh, around. <laughs> yeah. I you're can probably- drink some <laughs> coffee. I might slam this and then it's a five-minute show. <laughs> The guest controls how long they are on by <laughs> their coffee intake. I slightly switch out your mugs as yeah. we're going here and you're all of a sudden you're like, dang,
1: we're like we six, wrap it up. six like, minutes and it's gone. Kirk, if you don't want to be here,
2: just say it. <laughs> no, no I, I do want, I just, know. you know. I you mean, don't have to drink all our coffee. Sweet. Short and sweet, that's all. And I drink coffee fast. That's really what that okay. was about. He, he, see, he, Logan's. Logan in. and Tess. Logan's here. We have a sit-in today
1: we have a we have a live studio audience <laughs> peanut gallery can we get a sound effect mic over there so yeah. he can just a soundboard boo and <laughs> ah and laugh and clap he said he's in it for the free coffee so he got a he got part of the poor so he's living life logan
2: chagdis he's also um a previous guest and also works with me and i think he's hoping he's getting paid right now he says, I am. <laughs> it's amazing.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, welcome to the show, everyone. Sup, Lego Head? <laughs> Nate Na makes fun of my headphones because they're massive. <laughs> they look like Lego headphones. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we need video for the podcast. We're here, uh, the four of us, Logan's a sit in, as previously mentioned. But today we have a guest. We have Kirk Behrens today, uh, father of four husband
2: goofball (laughs) i'll accept that description
0: and introduction (laughs) it's a quick one because we're probably going to be all over the place today Uh,
2: probably i'm very excited for welcome thank you
1: well kirk i've met you again through cole and i think megan as you came i think is the first time i met you when you were in the studio or did i meet you before like in passing
2: uh, Can't remember we, I don't know. Yeah, I think maybe. I mean, you went to Northview, right? Yeah, and so like, your name came up a number of times because I went to school with your dad.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. I was originally a
2: film product, a uh, video production major at. Which actually, I don't know if that's still Buddy a thing in Carson. It yeah. is, but um, I was. That's what I was when I first went to school, and I was in some classes with him. So I mean, I don't think I was memorable so i'm sure he doesn't remember but he... my dad
1: remembers people really well Probably okay well you can gonna
2: ask him he but he he went on the radio and stuff so i always remembered him so yeah but yeah and so you know my kids ellie like how old are you nate 24 yeah Ellie's 22 so she like i think she kind of knew of you or your okay, name came yeah. up a few times or someone else was recording stuff in your basement maybe were you doing that or did you have some stuff set up I have recorded people Somebody in my basement I before at I was here. some point was going to your house and recording stuff and... Sounds about right. And I don't know who that well, was.
1: Well, we did the Met by Love album and that's the first what Met by Love All album the was in my basement.
2: Yep. All those guys were... Restoring like, Eden was recorded yep.
1: in my parents' basement, so shout out. <laughs> yep.
2: In- interns or whatever at Berkeley were talking about going over there.
1: Yeah, that was probably yeah. early, pretty early on in the process. It's kind of wild yeah, to reflect on, but... Yeah. Yeah. I. So I. W- I was just gonna say, like. So I think that. I mean, Cole probably knows your story as a whole a lot better than I do. Um. So, I don't know. Can you just kind of like. Not. It doesn't have to be an elevator pitch, but like. How would you mm. kind of like introduce yourself to to myself and the audience oh members in terms of just like you're giving this
2: man a lot of power right and <laughs> Well it's and also it's next to impossible for me to, try well, to do maybe, what you're doing. I'm I'm not trying to I just like <laughs> what what part of it or like Well what like, version yeah, of I'm going to
1: zoom in and just say like um maybe like uh, I mean like
0: I I'd be interested at I would love to hear how you got to Ada um in that
2: Where are you from your like your journey? Yeah. Uh, you're referring to Ada Bible church that was there. Oh man. Um, so, you know, grew up with a, a great home. Honestly, as I reflect on my life, one of the pieces that is just, uh, I'm super thankful for is that I had such a great youth. Like I grew up in the seventies with like, (laughs) uh, building bike jumps and there weren't such thing as helmets or, I mean, we just lived the wildest lives like free and, whatever. And and nothing really mattered. And I had such a great safe environment as a kid that I grew up. Uh, I don't know. I said, I feel like I had a really healthy, good childhood, which I'm super thankful for. Mm Uh, um, and, uh, I, I think a pretty healthy, fairly conservative, but fairly healthy, uh, like even faith, uh, thing like really healthy. And, uh, but as everybody has to, I had to make that my own, and I had my share of wanderings and, <clears throat> like, school and everything. And then I uh, – out of some – I was just talking about this with somebody. <clears throat> excuse me. I don't know how I – it it's it still amazes me that I ended up at – at the time it was Grand Rapids Baptist College. Like, that's right. what it was called, Cornerstone's previous name. And, yep. uh, you know, like, dress pants, collared shirt, uh, no dances, no movies – um, no smiling or laughing or having fun. Wait, that's, that part was just a consequence of all the other rules. (laughs) Um, and, uh, but honestly, it's so bizarre that I just chose to go there. Like, I think I just had two friends that talked about Mm -hmm. it and I went there and visited and it, and there were cute girls. And I think I just like, if they'll let me in, I'll go. And I I think subconsciously I kind of knew I might self-destruct if I went to like Michigan state or, you know, a, a public school. So mm-hmm. I think it was just God's guidance in my life to, uh, to end up there because there is where I, I really got serious about my faith. I was like, I'm either sure. in or out. Mm-hmm. And I really, you know, I'd been, I'd been saved, but I, it was like different between Lord and savior. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't like surrender. Mm-hmm. Like, and there's all kinds of stories there, but yeah. that I won't go into, but, like, was going
0: to Grand Rapids Bible at the time, was that straight out of high school or was there space in between
2: high school? Straight out. Nice. I went straight from my, graduated and went to Grand Rapids Baptist. And then, you know, like I always make the joke that like everybody there that appreciates the, the way that they adjusted over those years can thank us because thanks thank me because when i went there it was like all those things i described and by the time i left it was cornerstone university (laughs) you could do anything you want on not really but uh yeah it was uh we we wore all those rules down and Mm
1: -hmm. um it's funny how today's population at cornerstone would probably be like that's so they have such strict rules and it's like
2: I mean, like oh, yeah. compared to MSU, but like one you of the have no idea what it used to be like. One yeah. of the professors had like uh, a short leave because they got caught going to a movie. Like if someone saw them coming out of a movie theater. Oh like how bizarre. Goodness. At least it was God Not Dead version two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and he happened to it be one of my favorite boys, professors too. So
1: it was a Newsboys film. Come on, guys. Come on.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's Anyways. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remind. I've reminded many students over the years and my own kids now that as bad as it may seem, uh, it, <laughs> ain't nothing like it was. Mm-hmm. So, That's interesting. so, uh, so anyway, sorry. Then, you know, uh, I was going to go into medicine. I, uh, did a, I yeah. have like a biochemistry degree and, you've done a lot of things. Yeah. And then I went in Minnesota, did a, my a surgery internship with research in at Minnesota at Mayo Clinic in Minnesota. And then, I was just going to go straight into med school. I got, I was engaged to Molly when I left. And I came back where we, we got married and I was, Molly thought she was marrying a doctor. <laughs> Psych. Bait yeah. and switch. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a <laughs> little bit. Uh, and um, I didn't get in that year and I didn't have a backup plan. I thought, like, that's just what I'm doing here. And it was really, that was kind of a crisis of like, okay, what's going on here? What am I going to do? I don't really have a, Plan B, so I went to, uh, I was working, volunteering at church, still always an important thing. In fact, I did get a, I was just telling Logan this the other day, I got uh like a youth ministry minor, mm-hmm. and it's so that's also bizarre because... What was your major? Biochemistry. Oh, that's right. It's like, a, it's like pre-professional biochemistry sure. emphasis, I don't know. Interesting. And uh, so, yeah, I... I didn't, um, I think I just always thought I would like, well, I kind of want to be a missionary doctor. Mm -hmm. Dr. Paul Brand was like my, I read some of his books Mm -hmm. in his image and fearfully and wonderfully made unbelievable books still in print. If anybody wants to read them, just connecting the amazingness of the human body and, and Mm -hmm. a lot of parallels to the spiritual body and to the body of Christ. Anyways. Mm -hmm but he was a missionary doctor just like in India with the lepers and he had like this crazy career and I thought that's what I want to do. So I, I did this like youth ministry minor to kind of like have some Bible, like background and stuff. So when I went and yeah. And then I get into med school and like to really quickly just say, I like, I was sitting in church one day and I was like, all right, God, The message was something about, like, are you trying to, like, get God to, like, endorse your plan that you're pushing really hard? Or are you, like, surrendering to whatever his plan is? Whatever it is, even if it's, like, drastically different than what you want. And I was convicted in that moment that I might be doing that. I wasn't sure that I was. Mm -hmm. I just thought, well, is that what I'm doing, God? Am I, like, is this my plan? And I'm just keep waiting for you to agree with it? Mm -hmm. Or am I, like, actually. So I said, all right. I didn't tell anybody this. All right. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Anything. As long as I know you want me to do it, just, you just got to show me like, Mm -hmm. and that week I didn't tell anybody that that week, the pastor of the church, I'd been volunteering in the student ministry, helping out and he asked to have lunch. And I was like, okay, I was working at the hospital as a surgical assistant, a decent job, like helping with surgery. In the meantime, trying to figure out what I was doing, also going to art school for medical illustration because I was trying to think about how I could use my creative stuff to... And how old were you at this point? uh, uh so it would have been like 98, 99. Okay. So shoot, I don't... Uh, 20, 28? Sure. 24, 27, 28? Something like sure. that. Sure, yeah. No, 20, yeah, I don't know. Somewhere in the 20s, 24 or 23. Sure. I got married at 23. So right gotcha. after that, 24, gotcha. 25. Cool. And, uh, yeah. So then I just, he met with me and said like the, their youth pastor of the church was like going to go back to school and he wasn't sure he wanted to keep doing that. And that my name kept coming up to like, take over, like maybe in the meantime or just help out or whatever. And I was like, the youth group was kind of like, because whenever someone leaves like that, it's always a tough thing. And I was like, oh boy. Um, and I, I just felt like God was calling my bluff. Like like all right you really mean it you're gonna really and i was like went home and talked to molly and she's like i could see it and i'll support it if you think so i think that's what god wants you to do so i went and did part-time youth ministry i quit at like hospital job where i made decent money <laughs> uh newly married to To be a part time, to be a full time youth pastor, getting paid part time, because I I told him I was like, I don't think this can be done part time. Like I think this is like someone's got to build something here, and hmm. and I truly did feel because of that way that all went down, kind of called into it. Yeah, I kind of I felt called into it, mm-hmm. and so then I just sent it with youth ministry. Like I don't know what the heck I was doing. <laughs> all
1: good stories start with, so then I just sent it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Especially in a youth ministry. Here's a
2: theme of my life. When you're uncertain, and you don't know what is going on and what you're going to do. Just close your eyes and hit the gas. (laughs) And well, I'm getting Haiti flashbacks right now. I don't. Yeah. (laughs) We have some history. I, and anybody that does knows, I got some literal times where I've literally done that. Mm -hmm. Like, like two weeks, like, Two months ago, I was in a huge storm, and a power line came down on my car, in the middle of this huge storm, and it fell between my my truck and my trailer. Like I could, I like saw it fall, and like it, well, I fall on my windshield, and then I drove forward a little bit to try to get out from under it, and it fell between my car and the trailer. And I'm like, what am I gonna do? I got this power line in the storm between. It's just caught like between, and I thought about getting out and like taking it up, but then I'm like, everybody says don't do that. So for like half a second, I thought, like, what am I going to do? So I just closed my eyes and hit the gas and yes. let the sparks fly. And <laughs> <Is> that, <laughs> that I made it out without dying. Is that
1: the same story you told your insurance company?
2: No, no, just no kidding. there's no damage. <laughs> so, just, and, just kidding. and by the way, uh, I you know what? I have really good insurance. I do. <laughs> because I sleep with my insurance agent. That's right. <laughs> That's how you get good rates. Let me just tell That's you, hilarious. And for all the listeners, my wife is an insurance agent, so and <laughs> just mine. clear that There's up right now. There's a guy,
1: um, one of our clients that he he's married to a lawyer, so he always goes, "Oh, let me, I need to ask my lawyer," and it's his wife. Yeah, so it's kind of yeah, the same. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, funny I, though. No. That's but, awesome.
2: So yeah, I yeah, good story. Start with, uh, for me, send it. I well, sent it for and, sure. Well,
1: a reflection just on that quickly is like, I think like we have a safe God who doesn't change. And so it, it does not matter if like it. we don't need to be cautious. Like we need to be wise, but, but ultimately like he's like, I'm not endorsing stupidity, everybody. However, I think that a lot of people live in fear. They're afraid of messing up. They're afraid of picking the wrong thing. They're afraid of You know, like, what if you, what if that wasn't God's plan for your life to do that? And you just hit the gas on it. Like, I don't think, I don't think that that's, I don't think that's a a good theology, you Mm know? Well, and I was just going to say, I don't remember where I
0: heard this from. It's, it's been a while since I've heard this, but it's like, God isn't always concerned with your safety as far as missional stuff. It's like going to Haiti probably wasn't the safest thing to do, but going there and that's just one example in that my life amazing but
2: like- line in chronicles of arnia mm-hmm. where i think it's lucy was like asking about aslan and she's like is he safe because she saw this like huge lion that was like uh is supposed to be a christ image and she's mm-hmm. like is he safe and they're like well no of course he's not safe but he's good mm-hmm. and like the mm-hmm. idea that god is he creates safety for us but he's not safe necessarily right uh but uh he create, because we I know what you're saying, Nate, like it's like the kid who has a dad who like can get him out of anything and like back him up, <laughs> back him up, you mm-hmm. know, like rescue you. you 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 have this freedom, you feel like you could like swim across the lake because you know if you can't make it, your dad will come rescue you, mm-hmm. you know, and so you do stupid stuff it I really do think that that's a good a good theology. I think if you look at the like the New Testament, early church they did a lot of stupid stuff like that didn't make sense blind blind obedience is always the story of
1: god's of god's glory that rhymes but it's true you know like when you look at any time in in great moments of faith history of the bible like when god was asking he wasn't asking people to sit and worry about their safety he was asking them to trust him and obey and and like you know think of abraham and isaac and um like Abraham has this amazing promise from God to, to make his descendants into a great nation through specifically Isaac, not through another boy, not through his other son, through this boy. And and he said, do you trust me? And, And Abraham says, yeah, you know, I'm sure that he had inner doubts. I'm sure that he was conflicted, of course, but he obeyed. And I think, I think again, that like, and maybe it's like a, I think it probably is a little bit of a Western thing, but also probably just like a human thing to just be so concerned about like what the result is for us, you know, like self-preservation or like, I don't know, like it's always about the individual versus like just obeying God. And I don't know, seeing like seeing how he's going to work through that, like not seeing us as like a vessel so security. Yeah. We want to be the hero, not the vessel. We don't, you know, we want to be oh, like,
2: we always you know, want to be the main character yeah. in the story, but mm-hmm. we're just not. And I guess, I think once you like, Sacri- you lay that down it really does free you up to just like i might just have this one little part here and and then die and, and, and fade away but you know right. like that might be my part and i'm all right being the crazy side quest
1: <laughs> yeah yeah
2: right <laughs> no that's that's good mm-hmm. anyway so you so
1: i i just wanted to reflect on that really quickly because i think that is a good theology mm-hmm. um uh now I wouldn't tell that to everybody and there's obviously wisdom and discernment within that, but I,
2: I do think in general that's good. I think like you're right. And I think one of the things hopefully we get to talk about a little bit is the diversity in the body of Christ. Um, and I think if, if God is gracious enough to you to, to give you the spirit of uh, not caring <laughs> in the <laughs> sense of like not worrying about stuff like that, then you're one of the ones he wants to do that kind of stuff, probably. And there's, thank goodness, people in this world who don't have that, they have the the gift of uh, planning and uh, intentionality that, you know, quite honestly, a lot of us fall back on when (laughs) our plans fail or, you know, whatever we're doing is is kind of a mess. But um, I do see it as a kind of grace that, like, I've always not really worried too much about the outcome. Mm -hmm. I just try to be obedient, like you said, or try to follow as best you can and not really worry like what if this doesn't work out like it will work out here's the thing like even if, if it doesn't work out the story works out because mm-hmm. of who i'm trusting right with it so exactly. you know like even if i get skinned up even if i get have to get um bailed out because i couldn't make it across the lake mm-hmm. i'm still riding home in the boat with my dad or you know like right. like i don't I don't like that failure isn't really a failure because of who my dad is. Mm-hmm. So that's
1: kind of like, that's super good. You know, I've been thinking a lot about like my life and, and my goals. And one of the reflections that keeps coming up is like, if you are focusing on the result or the journey, then it's just vanity, right? Just like, like Solomon, like talking about like how his riches and his fame and his success. So all, it all doesn't matter. Like in the end, like when you're so worried about, your little swim across the lake and you're going to end up like, I don't know, like to take that analogy further, which I don't know if this is good, but (laughs) like you're going to end up in the same destination and like, so you're going to work so hard and like try to do it all yourself. And if you like, well, maybe not the same destination, but ultimately like your, your success and the results of what you do, like when you trust in yourself, is just such a futile effort, you know? And so I think that's such a freeing thing because it lifts the burden. Like, I think well, we've talked about this before, like the, the Lord's burden is light. It doesn't mean it's easy, but the weight is off of I, you to earn I, it yourself. Yeah, I
2: agree. And I'd push it even further and say that in that scenario, you know, you, you're tempted to think that getting across the lake to wherever you're headed is the goal, but it really isn't. It's the, the fact that you tried and that you went for it and trusted, your you know, trusted that you're going to be okay, even if it didn't work out. Like, I don't think... Like, let's just be clear, like, <laughs> if there's a God out there and he's the one who made the universe, like, things are going to happen how he wants them to. Like, and this is kind of one of those weird conversations where somehow our actions play with what happens in the world. But, like, I don't know. I Just a long time ago, I think I kind of just re- released the the desire, the, the idea that I have a big part that what I do is really going to affect what in the end God gets done or what happens in this world. And so, you know, I just think like it's probably more about the process and in the, in the, like the experience and the relationship and a lot of wonder in that. Honestly, I, I, I gave up the desire to like know and to have it all figured out. Um, which, uh, which kind of rubs against like kind of like my fundamentalist background, like growing up in a little church that like systematic theology, everything is, is kind of, I know they wouldn't say this, but like, it kind of feels like everything's known, like they kind of diagram and dissect God out and this is how he works. And this is how it all. And I mean, if God is anything, of a real God who's awesome. And like beyond us, like he's definitely not dissectable and no, like he's made himself knowable in as much as he's made himself knowable, but he's so far beyond that. He's gotta be, we can't even figure out how a dandelion works. Like how, how could we think we could figure out how he works? Like, and so I've always been much more comfortable, not knowing, like, like thinking of God as a wild man, like, like unpredictable and unknown. I mean, almost every story where he shows up in the, in the Bible even, which is his known revelation. He's, he was unpredictable. People did not think the savior, the Messiah was going to come as this like homeless guy, carpenter from Nazareth. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Like Mm -hmm. they totally missed it. They all, and they memorized the Bible. So like, what makes us think that we got this like, so figured out, like, you know, here's how it, uh, it's all like I put it in a textbook. Here's who God is. Get <laughs> out of here. Yeah. Get out of here.
1: Yeah. The other thing that comes to mind is that God's revelations to us are actually dumbed down in a way that we can understand yeah. them. Yeah. You know, they have like to be. yeah, like he's he's taken pieces of himself and related them to things that we can understand so that we can have some sort of comprehension of his character.
2: Yeah, I mean, he 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 reaches down enough for us to know enough right. about well, him to reveal himself Mm -hmm. so that i mean he's not a complete mystery but to but to feel like he's summed up Mm -hmm. in like an understanding i think so here's why this is so important it's not only important for our own lives but as always it's bigger than us right i think the world doesn't need to see like it's a big turnoff to a world who doesn't know him to have a bunch of other people act like they like they they got the corner on him like 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 their nephew that died of cancer, like somehow it makes sense. Like right? Like when we try to act like that, I think if we just hurt our, we hurt God's reputation and we hurt ourselves when we try to act like there should be answers to everything. And we have the answers especially, but even just saying there should be human knowable answers. Like I just, I always respond, like I try to always respond to those questions. Like why does God, you know, like with, I don't know because I'm not God and like, I know he's good. I know, I know he's going to somehow it's all going to make sense, but th- there's no way right now I'm going to try to get you that. Like, that's a God category thing that my human brain, mm-hmm. my dad always said, uh, explaining God fully like to people is like trying to explain the internet to a dog. And I mean, my dad just always has these like crazy little sayings, but like, awesome. I mean, I always think about that. I'm like, what am I doing right now? Trying to explain the internet to a dog, like, or myself, like I'm the dog trying to understand God, like the internet, like what? Yeah. Okay. And it's,
0: it's also cool to, on that aspect of like, we don't know everything. Like there is always more to step into. There is always more of God to reveal himself to us that we can learn, you know, the lifelong journey of sanctification
1: and becoming more and more and more. I I personally love that. And when we get to heaven, we're not going to know either. Like, I think too, there's this perception that maybe it's just like a subconscious thing that I've perceived, but like, it's like, oh yeah, when I get to heaven, I can't wait to ask God that it's like, you're going to ask God that like, he's still going to be God. Like we can ask him whatever we want. He won't offend him. But in the same sense, like, like he's, there are some things like, yeah, like you said, like answers to questions, like why did God act that way? And you have
2: to go, I don't know, but I trust him. Anybody that could fully understand God would be a God, would be God. Like mm-hmm. you, there's got to be a piece, a big, giant, huge, massive piece that yeah. we can't understand. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love wonder, guys. I think um, I just was talking with Logan about this while we were working, but like we're in the information age still heavily, yeah. and I don't think what we need is more information. I think we need more wonder mm-hmm. and being okay with not knowing. And embracing not knowing. But I know that's, once again, there's personalities that that's easier for. I'm not going to... I think it's, it's I, surrender. I feel like it's been easier for me for that. But I don't think, like, I don't look at it like if that's harder for somebody to live in a space where there's a ton of unknown and wonder, like, um, I don't know. I think it should be good and stretch you, but I don't, like, yeah, whatever. It's mm-hmm. good. <laughs> I don't... We don't so, know...
1: So, uh, I Nate's being edited out right now yeah, by his right. mic. So with all those things being said, like how is God, how do you see God doing those things through your life right now? Cause I know that you're in a bit of a, a one of those points where you're hitting the gas right now, right? <laughs> like that's
2: from what I've heard. I mean, I'm yeah. I mean, it, having said when I hit the gas, uh, I, when I don't know what's exactly when I close my eyes and hit the gas, I, I would say the first part of that, I really don't know exactly what's going on right now, but, um, I'm, I am trying to, trying to close my eyes and hit the gas in a sense. So, um, yeah, so just to quickly loop back, I, I, I didn't want to leave that weird. Um, I, I, I have been in ministry for Mm -hmm. man. It's been, I think, close to 20 years. Um, I, you know, never did become that doctor. My wife thought she was marrying and, uh, she's been super gracious and actually really supportive through the years and all my chaos. Um, been surgical person, uh, always done artwork. I've always um, drawn and done I've always uh, had a entrepreneurial spirit entrepreneurial
1: too. and creative spirit uh yes Kirk is a
2: fantastic artist by the way mm-hmm. well thank you um it's a it's in progress but uh thank you uh, and so As yeah it should be I yeah I I've been doing that for years and um I ended up at Ada like I was at that one church for almost 8 years mm-hmm. that first one and uh then I Ended up at Ada. I had some good friends I was doing ministry with for years as Ada was kind of developing, which is a local really big church in the area. Um, And I had a great run there too. I worked in young adults for a little while and student ministry mostly for a while there. Uh, Probably, you know, it's all who you know, because I was good friends with some people there and they actually tried to hire me a couple of times in a couple of different roles and it just didn't seem right or fit right. So then I, um, finally after a, l- a little bit, there was something that looked like it fit. So, mm-hmm. yeah, <clears throat> but yeah. Uh, and then in the meantime, I was literally doing artwork, took over my dad's painting business, commercial residential painting, and also doing surgery <laughs> at the, and working at Ada part-time when yeah. I first was working. young. Enough. So I literally had, I had four jobs and one day I'd be in like paint clothes. One day I'd be in scrubs and surgery. One day I'd be at church like doing ministry. And, uh, I think I would just describe that to some people and I'd see them like start to, uh, get uncomfortable. (laughs) And I was like, (laughs) that's my life and I'm fine with it. Yeah.
1: Right. Uh, people don't know what to label you as they're mm -hmm, like, you know, like You are like in America, you are what you do,
2: right? Dude, (laughs) I am messing with that because right now I have this shop. I call it the shop and it's like a storefront on a busy street here in Grand Rapids. And uh, I just decided I needed some space to do stuff. And everybody wants to know what I'm doing there, like what I have it for. And I don't even know. I can't, (laughs) I can't explain it in any less than like 10 minutes. And in, 2 minutes in I lose everybody. Like I can just see they're like they're this doesn't fit in any category in my brain and um I don't know if I lose them or I just like they disconnect from like where I'm going. Like I'm trying to ex- in my mind it makes sense. Right. It's just a place to make things. So
1: what do I call you? Yeah. Kirk. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: I I don't know. Um yeah, I don't uh and I've never that whole like where do you see yourself in 5 years? You get nothing from me. <laughs> I've I've literally nothing. I'm always like, I have no clue. Yeah. Like, I've never been able to look at my life that way or think. And if I did, I always say, like, if I did, it would have been wrong anyways. I've never been able to think, right like, where I would be in fact. Even when I stayed in a job, like Ada for, like, 10 years, I was there. Like, I wouldn't have predicted that. I would have said I would not be here that long. Mm-hmm. So, like, it either any way you look at it, and I think almost anybody would have a hard time right even though i I get the exercise like you're trying to head somewhere you're trying to build yeah um i just i've been comfortable not not really knowing mm-hmm. i'm always i'm always trying to head somewhere but like for sure i don't know if it's like for today or oh, absolutely
1: i heard that it was more effective um i'm reading a book right now and i'm not all the way through it but it's called the four-hour work week by timothy ferris and
2: four-hour work week the four hour work. I'll week. read
1: that. And <laughs> Yeah. And, and, um, one of his exercises is called dreamlining, And instead of, this is like putting your dreams on a timeline. And instead of looking out five year, 10 year goals, he says six months and in, in 12 months. Mm. Cause he's like, you don't know what you're going to want in, fi- in five years. Mm-hmm. You don't know like what's going to change between now and then. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's a much more effective thing to look at like who you want to be, what you desire right now, and then take a
2: step tomorrow or today towards those things that, yeah, you're looking to do right now that's what i would say i was you said the three months and i get that too but i've always been like all right today i got up today what 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 am i supposed to do today and honestly it's kind of wild like i don't even know like where that's gonna lead but i just try to keep being Mm -hmm. faithful i think uh the two goals i have in my life is to be good and faithful because that's what like the the servant and the parables a several pair number of parables. Jesus is like, you know, good, well done, good and faithful servant. Like, and my good buddy, Dan, Mike, a little shout out to him. He's a pastor friend of my, one of my best friends. He, he always said that he really liked that good and faithful because they're both attainable. Like he didn't mm. say perfect and faithful. <laughs> mm. uh, he said, good. You know, we can be good. Like not perfect. Right. I screw up a lot. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of things I wish I didn't do <laughs> and mess up. Um, but we could be good, and we could be faithful. Faithfulness is just responding in every moment as you need to.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like in your life right now, like you just left your job at Berkeley, right? Mm-hmm. That you'd been at for four years. Four years, and and you know, well, I mean, and you're, you've you're still
0: in, you've been in ministry for twenty years, And yeah. So now you're
2: transitioning out of that. No, I'm not transitioning out well, of ministry. That's all right. I'm glad you said that. Because, you know, you know what I'm saying. You're transitioning ministry. out of vocational yes. paid ministry. Paid ministry. I'm. Uh, transitioning out of, but uh, in my mind, if this isn't a step toward, toward uh, effective ministry with my life, then, you know, it's, it's not what I thought it was, which Mm -hmm. I guess is always possible too. But um, yeah, I don't, I definitely see it as like uh, just a different kind of ministry uh, to be done. And so, um, yeah. (laughs) What do you, what do you see about like um, sometimes there's a
1: a pressure and this is again probably more of a human thing but to it's almost like that label thing where it's like oh if you're going to be a a, you know going to ministry then you better be like working for like some nonprofit or at a church or doing something that's like not in the quote unquote professional like secular workplace right these are like kind of buzzwords but if you want to be an effective servant and and minister quote-unquote then you better be in like full-time quote-unquote ministry vocation. like as a, as a vocation yeah so like what do you i know you kind of alluded to that but i don't know what are your thoughts about <laughs> that whole idea
2: <laughs> oh man you're gonna you, this is this is the stuff that you can get me in trouble with Dude, talking we're, about
1: we're we're here for it and we'll support you
2: funny enough and i'm gonna try to give disclaimers all the way through because i really don't want to misrepresent the way I think about this. And I think it can easily be misrepresented. But I also am in process. So like, you know, just that's the first disclaimer. Like I'm trying to figure a lot of this stuff out. Um, but uh after I feel like I'm in a place where I can say some of this, at least be raw with how I thinking about it right now, giving the disclaimer that I, I'm not sure I'm I, I definitely haven't arrived anywhere. Like I know this, and I'm not even sure I'm right about some of the things I'm thinking all right i i just am i'll share a little bit about what I'm thinking and get people mad at me maybe but um but that's not my intent at all and I really don't want to ever hurt the 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 body or the the church in any way I, if anything i hope maybe there's some help in this for where the church is at and where it needs to go whatever um i i'm actually kind of after years and years of ministry of Getting a paycheck to uh, to do ministry from people who uh, have graciously given money under no compulsion that you know I mean hopefully uh, given generously, doing their jobs elsewhere out in the marketplace, and and trusting other people to do some of the work that you know the church needs to do because that's kind of how I see it you know like people. Give their money, to, you know, to the the church, God's movement in the world, which is called the church, whatever that collective thing is. Um, and then and then I've I've been under that like kind of uh, send from people. It's almost like they're giving their their money, and then like I, I, uh, I almost kind of see it now as like the easier thing to do. <laughs> um, and like, like, I said, I don't want to offend anybody or whatever, but, uh, and, and I mean that in the, the strongest language would be like the lazier thing to do, but I don't think people doing ministry and getting paid are lazy or that like that. I just think like, um, thank goodness that that's there's, that's possible that we can, uh, have roles in this current culture in the United States where, people are happy to give their money so that other people can do ministry and not have to do other jobs. Like, I think that's a good thing. I want to say that. But I also think from the individual, like from the first person point of view, I'm not sure that that's the, like, I think that that seemed like even in your question, Nate, like that seen as like the higher thing. I don't see it that way anymore. I almost see like, that's like, it was like the entry level for me to, to get to paid to do ministry because I couldn't do something else uh, at the same time, and I could commit myself to it, I almost see it flipped for me that, like, if I can find a way to support myself and still do ministry, um, it's one less draw on, the, on like, people's giving that I have to take. Um, and uh, there's a creative element of, like, I mean, I didn't invent this. Paul was a tent maker, okay? So this guy was going all over the world, and he was earning a living. He did get money given to him. So he was a little mix. Uh, but mostly we see him using that to support churches and, and other people getting started. He's he said, you know, he worked tent build tent making to be able to provide for what he was doing. And um personally, I just feel like that's like a growth step for me to whatever I'm gonna do here in ministry, however I'm gonna do it, is like uh Finding my own and it's, it's sometimes it's just as simple as money. Like, it's just literally like, I don't have to ask anybody else for any money if I can support myself and doing that. It's not a prideful thing. It's not a like, I mean, I, I hope it's not, I'm trying to not be like, I don't take any, it's, it's just like, I don't have to draw on the system. I don't have to sit back and um rely on other people to, um to do this. So that's why it's it's a little awkward to talk about because I have a lot of friends a lot of dear close friends I love that are in that role um but some of them my best friends we have these candid conversations and they're kind of agreeing they're kind of like going like um and there's an element of going out into the market the world and like doing ministry that that, that kind of is a little disarming I feel like when talking to people that I'm not this like uh, paid uh, like ministry person, holy man. Yeah, like expectations on who I am and what I do, and um, I like that a little bit. I used to always try to go as long as I could without telling someone I was a pastor, which I, yeah. I know also sounds weird or bad. I just it there's no way that that doesn't affect a conversation, mm-hmm. whether the person has a faith or they don't it always affects the conversation. If they didn't know, if I'm sitting next to someone on a plane, hanging out with someone, meeting someone, like I have this conversation, it's going, you know, talk about what we do, everything. And then as soon as I say like, well, I'm actually, what do you do? Uh, I'm actually like a pastor, like something changes and it's not always for the good. Sometimes it's like, oh, cool. You know, they like are happy to talk to a pastor, but. A lot of times, I see them replaying our entire conversation in their mind and thinking about what they said, yeah, and what they if didn't you're judging say. Them. Yeah, yeah, and and I think this is probably you know mostly in a, like a American like postmodern thing because like there's just all this baggage on what like faith means and church and all that stuff, and so I've noticed like we were down in Haiti and like pastors are like the top of the like pile there and and they like just esteem them so highly that like you know you say someone they introduce you as a pastor and everybody thinks you're the greatest thing and like i just think that's funny because i don't that isn't true here right (laughs) not in the people i hang around not places i go and the places i hang out with you like they say that and everybody starts to leave the room Mm because they're like this dude's gonna like you know and it's not fair but it is what it is it's the the aquarium we're swimming in right and um and so, yeah, uh, you're looking at those sweet shadows. Sorry, <laughs> you can't see, but uh, the sun's coming in and making really cool. I'm a visual art kind of guy and making really cool shadows on the wall. Uh, Cole's head with his Lego headphones. It looks like the iTunes logo a little bit,
1: like the like the headphone yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Anyways, sorry, oh, it was distracting. Good. No, that's no, good. that's
1: really good. I and I and I love and appreciate your honesty and like figuring out that thought, because that's kind of where we're at too, in a lot of ways. Like, and I think that's the right way to approach the conversation is like, I'm still figuring this out. You know, my conclusions may or may not be wrong. Um, okay. but this is where I'm at right now. And I love what you said too. I think it's so important
0: to reiterate that there's no hierarchy to calling. If you're in vocational ministry, that doesn't make you better than someone who's working at Costco, but the person who's working at Costco and treating it like their mission field, that's not any better than a pastor like at a church. Or know? no worse. Exactly. Like, it's just different. And, exactly.
2: And I and you know what? Thank goodness there's, like I said, I hope it's clear. Like, Thank goodness there are people who we, in our culture, in our society, right. we, can, we can do that. That they can be in ministry and get paid for it and not have to do something else. Right. Because God's called them to that. Because like other countries, that isn't possible. There's mm-hmm. nobody giving to like make a Sustain. pastor or whatever. And you know what? These people you're interacting with day to day, Eventually, they're going to need somewhere to go, right? And to find this community or whatever. And so, we need our churches, and a lot of our churches probably couldn't run on all part like people doing other vocations and trying to. Right. I don't know. That's a bigger question that like I can't even think about yet. We I think about it a lot, but I can't. Like I haven't landed anywhere on like does the church need to change in some of that ways? It it might be forced to at some point Mm -hmm. uh, as we become more. You know post-Christian as a culture, like right. we may not have enough people supporting, like giving and doing that to give, uh, to have people do ministry and get paid. I don't know. I, I, I don't, that's like I said, I that's too big for me to, I for think sure. about a lot, but I can't land anywhere on that. It's just, uh, and I don't think there's any point in it for me. I, I just know for my life. And so that that kind of goes in a, a thing I, I wanted to make sure I share about like where I think I'm going, whatever all the weird Things I may be doing or not doing, and with my life and my time, is I know one thing I know about my calling, uh, in ministry or whatever is that I th- I think um, the 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 world right now needs some people out there helping people figure out their unique place in the body. Uh, I think um, a lot of what's out there faith inspired faith-based in the past has been like this kind of idea that like trying to getting everybody to the same place, (laughs) like a converging movement, like Mm -hmm. in, in, in some sense that there's truth to that. I mean, the, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. Like, like we all come in and like, we are all at some point the same at some point, but (laughs) that point is very precise and fine and, and very like clear. But from that point, I don't think God ever had any intention of us all being the same. Right. Like the word is clear, everything. And I just don't think there's enough emphasis out there. This is just how I feel. There's enough people working to help everybody figure out their unique place yeah. in in the body. Like we're, we got a lot of programs, a lot of studies, a lot of groups, a lot of things trying to get people to all be in the same place. Like mm-hmm. we're all going to do this together. We're all going to like... And certainly some of that is bonding and whatever, but like, I just don't see it if it's like help, help me figure out where other, where this is happening as much as it, I think it should be, but where people are helping other people get where they're going, not where I'm going. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think that's a really valuable thing. Um, I've been in a a guy study for a while and like we formed it based on that more or less. And Mm -hmm. you know, the degree to which you've done it, I don't. You know we're still figuring that out, and yeah. how good we we are at it. But um, it isn't a study to like a, a group of guys trying to all go the same place. It's a it's a it's a group of people trying to f- help each other get where each individual is being called to and go. Right, and that's a very different way of looking at it. And I think it's really important. Like you think of someone going into the military, they're trying to basically make the same person out of everybody. Like you're all gonna be a good soldier, like you follow the orders and you're all gonna go and you're gonna go like and I in and in the end, but in the end, that's boot camp, right, and they're all trying to like level the playing field. you all get your hair cut the same, you get mm-hmm. the same uniform, you get the same instruction and training. but then, if it just stayed there, it wouldn't be an effective group of people. They diversify. this person is a pilot, this person's a mm-hmm. this is and the military helps them do that, right. Um, is the church doing a good job of that second part? Like I was just going to bring that up. That's a thought
0: that I've had that I've probably talked to both of these guys about before. Uh, and maybe we've talked about it too, but that idea where that I, I personally feel like the church could do a better job at communicating that, or it's like, you know, we don't like, yes, like we're joyous when we celebrate someone getting called into vocational ministry, but what about celebrating the people who are, you know, getting called somewhere else in the secular world or, or doing that and then showing them and teaching them how to make it missional in their day to day and in their interactions with people.
2: Yes. Cause, because Cole, everybody's being called somewhere. Exactly. I believe that to my core. Yep. Everybody is. It's not like the people that go into vocational ministry are being called and no one else is like, right. exactly. You, you are being called somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really know exactly. Maybe you do or you don't like, like exactly Nate Logan. Everybody's being like called in their uniqueness in the unique way they were made to some unique outpouring, like realization of that. And I just don't know if I see the church, like doing it, making that intentional. First of all, they'd have to talk about it, which you just said, like, I don't, you don't necessarily hear him talking about that mm-hmm. that much And it. So they're probably not talking about it because they they aren't valuing that as much as it should be right and i I don't know I don't like I said I don't have it all figured out I just feel like there's a gap there we're missing we're we're getting the boot camp down really well mm-hmm. fairly well like if you want to go and get your life in line with christ like there's probably a hundred churches in the area here who will help you do that pretty well mm-hmm. if you want to go figure out how to like be the best photographer or you know like content creator or or, uh, producer or whatever, like in your faith with like shining light into the, this world, the light of Christ, like is the church helping you do that? Like, I, I kind of want to believe they should be like, there Mm -hmm. should be some people trying to do that. Like, and I'm, and I don't mean like in necessarily programs or like, uh, I just talking about it. Support. Support, value in it. Value in it. Like not saying like, oh, this is let's celebrate this story because this person's going in to be a missionary and yay, rah rah. Oh, oh you're oh you're gonna, you know oh, you're open an up accountant. A, yeah, you're gonna like <laughs> open up a garage and work on cars. Like, cool. Like right. when do we put someone on stage and celebrate? Don't be that? selfish. But like when do we put someone on stage and celebrate that? And the way I'm seeing it, like that mechanic could have the uh, as great or greater impact on this world for the gospel as because every day in and out they're they're interacting with people and they get a chance to to bring life or death into those conversations and right. light and dar- or darkness yeah. and my goodness that's our mission like there we are we're out there right. and and so why do we val- why do we have this like it feels like an inverted uh, value mm-hmm. on these things mm-hmm. and
1: I don't know. I just have, I have like two main thoughts on that. The first one is like going back to like the, I I believe in personal responsibility to be true to your calling. Right. So mm-hmm. what you're doing right is figuring out the things that you feel called to. Right. Which mm-hmm. this is obviously something that is on your mind. I don't mm-hmm. think that's an accident. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like that's God is calling you to be paying attention to these things, to be thinking about how the church should work through those things. Therefore, you're a problem solver in some of those ways. You're going to be working towards those goals, right? So it's like planted and put into your brain. And so for you to kind of like ignore that would be actually like disobedience, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. disobedience against your conscience, probably the Holy spirit yeah, and where God is leading you. And I think that, um, that's really like, and it doesn't matter like what that calling ultimately is, as long as it's an obedience to God, it all boils down to just being good and faithful, being obedient. And, and for you, like that looks different. You don't even know what your journey is going to ultimately look like. You're not ultimately concerned with that. You have your next step in front of you. You're like, I feel passionate about this thing. How can I be helping that? There's no like destination in mind. It's just like, I know that this is what I'm supposed to do. So I'm going to step towards it. Mm -hmm. The second thing was that, that came to mind was, I think that the human experience again, and we've talked about this again before, but is like a pendulum swing. You know, we swing one way and then we, we go, oh no, we can't do that and then we go the other way and really like a, a balance and you know discernment and wisdom in the middle is usually the best place to be. Mm-hmm. So I think that like there is some part of our human mindset that when we aren't focusing and continually focusing our minds and our goals on, on like the on the mission, like on God's mission, on the gospel, on like the great commission, if we aren't continually reminding ourselves what we're here to do, we can get so caught up as humans and forget that our mechanic job is a mission field. We can just get so caught up in the the profit and loss statements. I can get so caught up in how I can make a cool video or do those things. So like the reminder is necessary, right? But and I know. You're not saying, let's just focus on the business. You're saying, how can I use that to further the gospel. And I think that's actually the most effective thing because when you're thinking of people like, like you continually forget about like how the Lord is working in your, in your secular job, it's because you're, you're not thinking about like,
2: well, how he, what he's doing in it. Yeah. I would agree with that. But I might, I might pull it back just slightly and say, I'm not sure we can, uh, back to that conversation before about outcomes, like, I'm not sure how much, uh, we have to be even mindful of the big picture and how, and how it's all working together. Cause I'm not sure we can fully understand it or, or, or connect the dots fully. I just think we do need to show up and be faithful. And so, uh, faithfulness, yes. Um, like And and saying things like, you know, like the, 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 you know, my business as a mechanic or whatever, if if that's what someone's doing is, is my mission field. I'm good with that. But I also, I, I pull back a little bit and get a little bit weird if someone's like, they're trying to force it. And, and like, I think there's a way to actually be a really good mechanic, be honest, be kind, not be talking about Jesus all the time to people when they don't want you to and still be faithful. Like, I think we got to trust God to, to connect those dots and to have the conversations to end up, you know, at a table with a, a dude from Canada and a dude from uh, Texas and, and be praying with them and, and kind of putting God on the line for the weather uh, or something like, you know, like, I think there's a way if we just, just relax and do what we're supposed to be doing and let him worry about how that stuff works out. Like I get a little weird when like, it gets too like I'm trying to determine this outcome. Yeah. Like I'm the I'm the mechanic who like you know like you have the bulletin tracks. I, yes. and yeah you keep giving them, and out I and have stuff. to make sure I tell every person that's customer that you know like I'm a, you know, that like they need to really should choose Jesus or whatever it is. Like it's just um you know I don't know. That's just where I'm like. Force. I
1: I 100 yeah. agree. I was I was more trying to say like you should be seeking out what the Lord is doing yes. in your business, yep, yep, not yep. necessarily. Like you're going to just become like a open air preaching in your garage while people's like pulling to get their oil changed. I'm more like, I think, first of all, that's not even the most effective way to preach the gospel to begin with. (laughs) So I will, I will take that stance. I think God can work through that, but I think it's much more effective and long lasting and life changing. When people see your testimony, they see how you live your life. They see you enact the love of Christ it's attractive it's different it's countercultural there like there's going to be some part of like why is this dude not trying to take advantage of me when i bring my car in and he always fixes it and it works amazing and if something goes wrong he says come back in and i'll fix it cuz i want uh, you know i want to take care of you like christ takes care of me he doesn't mm-hmm. say that but he just enacts that or and then and in then the end of the day you go like i just want to be around this person what's what's different you know that that's how it's supposed to work you yeah. know yeah, you know, all that is like preach the gospel with your whole life and use your use your words when necessary. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I, that's more my point. And yeah. I'm totally in agreement with you. Not yeah. not
2: necessarily like
1: become the the Bible yeah. garage, right? <laughs> no, right. Yeah. And
2: I didn't. And I, I yeah, I was just. It's an interesting point. To point it's a good out. clarification. A big a big, uh, a big theme in my life or a big lesson, uh, something I'm trying to work on in my life is like sacrificing the uh desire to be understood and um that's a that's a weird one and a hard one um because we all want to be understood and people we want people to get what we're doing and what we're like where we're headed first of all you already know my story you're probably not going to get that with me very often but i'm finally like being able to be okay in that space of like making sure everybody understands because like if you think about the life of christ he was basically misunderstood his entire time, like even by his closest friends. Like mm-hmm. a lot of them didn't get it till he was gone, like years. And then they were like, "Oh, I should write that in a book <laughs> because it all makes sense now. I was an idiot and I'm going to write it into the book how much of an idiot I was because I was. I didn't get it and like um but like he Jesus just lived his father's will and and almost just let it speak for itself or let it be. And, and he often was just, it says he was, a lot of people didn't understand or they, you know, he even said, like, I said this so that you're confused or they won't get it, but, which is really weird, but um sacrificing the ability to be understood, like uh, the desire to be understood, just yeah. laying it on the altar. Mm-hmm. Like, I got to do this. I feel like I'm supposed to do it. Nobody gets it. Like, I have, I've had that a number of times in my life. When I went into ministry from going into medicine, like literally had some people say, like, what a waste, you know, like, and. Uh, and then also like now when I'm leaving paid ministry to go do other things, a lot of people like, I mean, I, I honestly, I think some people are like, like I'm backsliding or I'm going off like, and, and I'm Christian still? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like worried at? about me yeah. and what I'm doing. And, and I, and I just like, you know what? I can't, I've got to, you know, Nehemiah, I got a job to do. I can't come down off this wall to, to speak to all my like the, to get, make sure everybody understands what, what I'm doing. I think honestly, people are trying to get it. So to be fair, but there's not really any, a lot of it can't be gotten yet. Cause I don't get it. <laughs> and so like, what am I going to tell people? I can't even explain what my shop is for, yeah. so let alone uh, what my life is exactly doing. And so I get up every day and I, I kind of like, and am like, just kind of keep stepping a foot in front of the other and, and let and let it speak you know and i might you guys honest to goodness i might get halfway across the lake and start drowning and and my my savior might have to come swim out and get me or come out with a boat and get me like i still want to be i still want to be the one who who tried and went for it and maybe got it wrong even like I really don't want to give the impression that I got stuff figured out cuz I really don't. Yeah. And I may go full circle. I may go down this path, get halfway across the lake and find out all the other people that I thought didn't get it got it and I don't. Honestly, I I really don't, but I I'm, I'm being true to what I feel God is pulling me towards. Right. I really what else can you do? Yeah. That's yeah. faith, man. You don't ever get yeah. it like chiselled in stone for sure 100% like this is cl- I just I do believe I did what I, I left a uh, full paid ministry to head towards God. I do believe that. Right. And so to, towards his pat, his calling for my life, I don't know what else to say. Like I might've it's got been, it wrong. I might get it wrong. I might, I might crash and burn. I don't know guys, but Hey, yeah. let it be said to me. I'm trying.
0: And I think like <laughs> connecting that back to like parts of the body, like when you analyze yourself and your gifts and your talents and your abilities, you can kind of get, that like better understanding of oh like god might want to use me in this way and like you know we can make a i it was a quote from something where it was like we can make the greatest impact for the kingdom like using those gifts and talents and abilities yes. and when we take a step back and analyze and and like hey i think i'm gifted in this 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 and this uh and maybe here's an opportunity or something happens or you don't and you face opposition. That's not God telling you that you shouldn't do it. Mm -mm. That might be more the case that you should do it. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, that's just cool to see how those things connect for you.
2: So that's, that is a piece of all this that I was talking about is like helping be, be a voice, helping people with that. Like, like helping, like one thing I think is interesting. My dad always said this, to me in conversations, you know, we're made in the image of God, right? Like no one really knows exactly what that means. There's a lot of ideas, you know, like in Maggie O'Day, like we were like, we carry somehow we bear his image. Um, Since nobody really knows exactly what that means, you know, like we think like him maybe a little bit, or maybe somehow we even look like if he has some kind of a, you know, I don't, yeah. Like it's, it's kind of wild. Like I know scholars have come up with all kinds of stuff, but they don't all agree. So like we, Can at least say no one knows for sure. It's just what we know. My dad has always said, like, maybe since every person on this earth is completely unique, like, there's not two people the same on this face of this earth. And when you're infinite, you can do that. Like, Mm -hmm. when you're infinite, God, you can just make every snowflake different and it's like no sweat. Like, every snowflake's different. Like, so what? Like, every single sunrise that's ever been has been different. So what? God's infinite. He can do that. And every person that's on this earth, is uniquely mm-hmm. i believe uniquely thought of created and 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 maybe it's that uniqueness this is what my dad said maybe it's that uniqueness that every person has that's makes them because we're, there's similarities too right? right we we all mostly look the same and whatever yeah. somewhat uh that maybe that's the image of god and if you put all the people of this world together it it, it almost make a picture of god yeah. like but we all have just a little piece and, yeah and good. like this so then I think about my uniqueness, like my my artistic ability, for instance, to to you know make a painting or a drawing or whatever and have it look decent. That in a sense is a gift. I was born with that. I had to nurture it, develop it. I'm still doing that. Mm-hmm. What if I view that as part of the image of God? Like that's my piece. Yeah, and how can I can have I to steward, steward that. Steward, yes. How can I steward that? Right. That's exactly what I'm like. So like what you were saying made me think of that. Like like how if I have this, why do I have it? Right. That's What's the a question. Core? That's why I want to ask every single person. And I met so many kids in student ministry over the years. Like I don't have anything. I And I just want to call, mm-hmm. you know, BS on say, I say that not, yeah, I just want to call BS sure. on that. Right. Right now. Because yes, you do. Right. You, you just haven't figured it out yet. Or it's right in front of you and you just aren't seeing it for what it is. Right. The way that you can listen to someone and not, and not, give them all the answers right away and just be there for them and be compassionate. That might be it. I don't know. Right. I, like I have to get to know you better to start to start seeing some of it. Mm-hmm. You, I my guess it's a little bit of both. You, you haven't figured it out yet. And, or it's right in front of you and you don't right. see it for what it is. Right. But I believe everybody has that. Even people with disabilities and different things that they can't, like they have a unique contribution to this world that if they view it in light of that, see, there's a big if in there. Yeah, right. Like, they have to see it for what it is, I think, or somewhat, and and then steward it. Like, there's yep. a piece that is responsible in us to do that. But if the church isn't telling people that, that that like, whatever uniqueness thing in you is like actually your usable and is good. your um yeah, it's your like you're gonna miss you, kind of like your purpose in this right. world if you don't steward that and like do it. Like, there's a like a an importance to that, a value to that that we i don't know if we're giving enough of and i want to just help everybody do that like i want and i think
0: it's a i think it's a bloom where you're planted like take stock of your gifts like painting and then you know you're not like unless god calls you some 180 degrees in in your calling like how can i use this like what what's around me like what community is around me like I have my shop here. Like it's local. Like yeah. there's people that I know so, and there's connections so I can bloom within that. I don't have to make some drastic change to f- be doing my job in the body of Christ correctly. Right. Like it's you nurture around what, me. You nurture what's
2: here and exactly. what he's given you. And you, you, it first of all, it starts with seeing it and understanding right. that, that that's what God wants. Discerning. And, and he made it new and everything. Second of all, it just takes like some intentional, like, Nurturing, developing, skill develop right. and so like you know, like I, like hopefully that's happening with Logan and I. We work together. We spend a lot of time together. Like my desire for him is to not for him to be like me or anybody else right. that's out there. Like I want Logan to become who who God made him to be, and help figure that out. And if I can somehow get involved in doing that, so I uh, do this thing called Makers Collective, and we haven't met for a few months because yeah. it's summer and whatnot, but um it's just that it's like and specifically people in the arts but like creative people art artists we gather like once a month or so and um there's not a lot of structure with no the... that's a that's a you know inherent uh flaw in the whole thing is that we're all artists so like getting together is like trying to hurt a k- bunch of cats in the room. uh but but what the whole idea of that was We don't gather so that like everybody can be a better painter or a better like it's so that we can encourage each other to be the the individual artists. So two things: develop our skills and abilities that we believe are God given to the best of their ability to be to be good at them. But then that ultimately, why to shine light into this broken world? Like Mm -hmm. that's what we believe the calling is. And so there's there's authors and there's filmmakers and. Megan Stark was on the show. She's in that group. Like we're trying to help everybody find how they can best develop who they are in Christ as as their unique individual person, and then go out there and shine that light like as brightly as possible in into their corners of this world. That I believe actually the world doesn't get reached unless that happens. Like Mm -hmm. not everybody's going to go to church. Not everybody's going to like listen to worship music not everybody's so you just got to follow that path where it takes you some it'll take some people into worship it'll take some people into preaching it'll take some people into uh making clothing Mm -hmm. or uh photography filmmaking producing records uh That may or may not be worship albums. Like Mm -hmm. you just can't ask the outcome questions when you're trying to be faithful and take once you get, you just, I mean, I guess you can ask them, but you don't get the answers all the time. You just got to be faithful and go. And you might, it might take you into the back alley taverns and bars. Mm -hmm. It honestly might. And you might get called a drunkard and a a glutton. And Jesus was Mm, right. I, I, you might get a bad reputation because nobody gets what you're doing and it doesn't fit the mold that they're calling sorry, we're in good company. <laughs> Jesus Christ got misunderstood a lot. Yeah. And so just go for it and go do it. But don't be, you know, don't be prideful either. Right. Like I think there's that balance you're talking about, Nate, like swinging back and forth. I think one thing I struggle with this is like, kind of like that, like you, you have to stay in community and you have to be with people because you can get like to a place where like nobody understands me. And right. I just don't, you know, like that's punk rock. If
1: nobody sees what you're doing, there's, you probably like, you probably need to think about that and make sure that you're not going off the deep. (laughs) end. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I
2: hugely value brothers and sisters, like in like close community accountability and that stuff. Like, I think if everybody's like, yeah, I don't really know if, you know, like, I don't know, bad example, but you know, like you can go too far into the, like I'm reaching the, you know, like
1: (laughs) you might just be sinning and like making an excuse for it.
2: Exactly. That's,
1: yeah, I mean, you were just popping off there. I was just, uh, I was just smiling as listening. Sorry, man. No, no it was really so good. I was like, if there, I was thinking, if there was a thirty second clip that we would like have a teaser, it'd be just Kirk popping off on that that section. But mm. I think like I'm, I'm out of coffee, so let's wrap this up. But I, <laughs> there's four simple steps that I think are good takeaways. The first one is assess what you're gifted in. Think about what you're good at. The second one is try to, try to improve on your strengths. Try to learn in those, those things. Um, the third thing, look at, I would say good at and excites you. The third thing is look at where the need in the world is for what you have been given. And then the fourth thing is make room for God to use that. So I think making room might mean leaving your full-time paid ministry position. Making room means saying a no to something else. But you're not going to, you're not going to allow God to use that if you're filling your time with things that aren't that you have to create a space to, to allow God to Like you only have 24 hours in a day. If you're off doing other things for, for your entire day, you're not actually giving God room to use that again with the caveat that God, no matter how, where you end up, God's going to use you. (laughs) That's, I mean, even if you don't believe in him, he's still using you. Yeah. Um, and so there's, there's a tension there, but if you're looking to maximize, and you're like, what is my calling? What What is God doing in my life? Those are four simple steps that you literally could take a notepad right now and write them down. And sometimes, maybe if you don't know what you're good at, maybe you need to ask some people, like, what do you what mm-hmm. do you think I'm good at? You Get know? that
0: outside perspective.
1: Yeah, and there's where community comes in, and, and don't just ask some random people. Like, ask people that you respect and value. People that might not even know you that well might be able to see those things better because they're like, yeah, like I can just see these things in you because it's obvious. They're, they're not biased or whatever, but yeah i don't know i think that's those are four simple steps i would i would love to have you back on kurt because this is just so good i think we've got more to talk about but i don't know what do you got cole record time (laughs) faith and i think it's our time by river valley worship Ah. mike mike mastered it i worked on it and it's i were just listening to before this it's really good so big recommendation for that
0: that's good mine is called musings by little image ah It is so good. It is one of my favorite fall albums of all time. And
1: you're popping out your fall album because you get to wear your beanie today because it was 68 degrees this morning. Well, (laughs) and
0: this is gonna air in like three weeks, so it'll be really fall when this goes up. That's fair. But uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I love that album. And Abby, uh, who's a worship leader at Upper Room, she sings, uh, in that in Little Image, she's a part of it. She's on that album. Fantastic fall album. Kind of some mathy
2: music going on. Very Do you guys technical. Like link to these and like the we have a playlist. We have a playlist, yeah. Public oh, like yeah, I to love it. I'm gonna have to go check that out. Yeah. Yeah, man. link in the show notes. Amazing. Do you got something? Uh, yeah. Well, I have a record player in my shop. I'm a big uh record listener mm-hmm. because I love listening to whole albums. The and, shop. Uh, yes. You guys will have to come over to the show. I want to yeah. go. We should, yeah, we should do an offsite though. recording. Let's do it. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have mics that don't kick out. No, I'm just kidding. That was unfair. This are your, the, that was just a free thing. Blow. Sorry. Um, I don't have any sound equipment. So <laughs> that was really low. We're still seeking our sponsorship. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, anyone? maybe Claim Design is going to be your, uh, your sponsor, one of your sponsors. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been listening in the shop. Uh, it's like a standard go to. Um, Gregory Allen uh, uh with his Colorado Symphony mm. so it's like um, an album with the Colorado Symphony a lot of his songs from other albums and it's just such a beautiful album and I love his voice and I love his writing and I can't stop playing that record I'll play other ones and I just keep coming back to it because it sounds so beautiful with the symphony mm-hmm. just I got uh, a vintage record um, player and it sounds really good like it's a good one and it's awesome. not that good but it's it sounds really good i turn it up and blast it in nice. the shop that's sweet so that's amazing super cool.
1: well i mean we gotta follow the rules here so so we'll wrap this up but thanks again kirk for yeah. coming on
2: thank you guys for having me on mm-hmm. oh
1: it's been a joy and hopefully you guys were able to glean something from this conversation as always and uh we'll see you next time peace, peace. jinx really <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast. If you've made it this far, please make sure that you are following us wherever you're listening and that you have notifications turned on. As we constantly mention, Cole and I suck at posting on Instagram. So that is the best way to stay up to date on our current content. And it really helps us keep living the lifestyle that is important to us.
0: Yes. Thank you to Josh at Local Legend for always hosting us. We're excited to continue this journey with you guys. If you have any recommendations, questions, comments, thoughts, or ideas, hit us up on Instagram at uig.podcast. Send us a message. We're so thankful for you guys. Thank you for always listening and supporting
1: the podcast. Yeah, baby.